It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. It's quarter number two. And you know what, Dustin? I've brought this up multiple times on the show itself where I've had people ask me about what our conversations are like. Not just me and you, but everyone on the Keystone Kickoff team. And what our conversations are like, you know, between segments or when we're off the air. And I tell them that we talk about the same things we talk about on the air. We talk about football, Penn State football specifically. I'm not going to tell them what the conversation was about between these two segments, though. Was that fair? It was a sharp left turn on that on that one. But honestly, you know, like I think we pretty much talk just like this. And there's a lot of times where we we stop recording because we hit our time limit, and then we just keep going. And there are some times where you know we spend just as much time, you know, wasting the the talk that we do have uh, without recording it. Uh, this time was a little bit different, and it was much 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 more stupid. But. Um, we have all kinds of different conversations and you and I talk politics and stuff. You know, we end up, we end up recording for 45 minutes or an hour or whatever, and then spending another 45 minutes or an hour just talking about whatever's going on in the world. That's right. We solved the rest of the world's problems, but this conversation didn't solve anything. All right, let's move on to our projections, Dusty. Uh, and we'll leave that a mystery for our listeners. Let's get back to our projections where we left off. I think we left off with Anthony Ivey. He's a four-star wide receiver, six foot one ninety. And before we get started with, with Ivey, I think he's been a little bit forgotten. He was committed pretty early. Um, you know, maybe overshadowed a little bit by Saunders. Maybe some of these other guys who came in a little bit later. Some of them from out of the area. Did we just forget about Anthony Ivey? You know, I think for all the reasons that you mentioned, sort of. And another part of it is, you know, when when Penn State or anybody is getting wide receiver recruits, you tend to be able to focus and and assess the really speedy ones. You know, Amari Evans and Caden Saunders, you can assess their game. Or if they're 6'4", 220, you can assess that. You can be like, oh, look at that. He's going to be a big red zone target. But then when you get a guy like Ivy, who's 6'190", is it really going to blow you away when it comes to um, speed or strength or size just yet? It's easy to forget about him a little bit because you don't know quite what to make of him. But for me personally... It was a really good opportunity um, to go back and review what he's all about and what his game film looks like. And the more that I went back and watched and and, and saw him again, really the more I started to like him uh, a lot. And I think a lot of the things that I probably ended up saying about Jahan Dotson a few years ago, you're going to say some similar things about him. And it's not to say that he's going to grow up to become Jahan freaking Dotson. He's, but I think um, when it looks like his tools, you know, where, where you're like, okay, can his frame hold up? How fast is he really? You know, how much does it matter that he's he's got good hands? Um, Jahan Dawson just kept getting better and better. He kept getting faster. His hands got better. I mean, he did so much improving from year one to this past season. Um, I, You know, Ivy's got the path there, and I think Jahan Dawson, the way that they trained him and developed him, probably the same handbook can be used again with Anthony Ivy. 
you know, we could dream on that Jahan Dotson thing. Because You're right, though. The difference with Jahan Dotson came very late. He was committed to UCLA before he switched to Penn State. But I, I think he was overlooked as a freshman. And by coincidence, you're bringing up the Dotson comparison. I got a chance to uh, watch some game tape from this past season. Again, not much of a life here, so it's what I do. I rewatched the Maryland game where he had like four touchdowns and over 200 yards. And it wasn't about those things that you said, you know, about being bigger and stronger than everyone. And although he's really fast, that's not how he got open. He was just such a smooth, good route runner. And if you can see some of those things in Ivy, you know, that that's a pretty good receiver who could run good routes, get himself open, and catch the ball, right? Yeah, I mean, it sounds so simple, but, you know, you can get wowed by physical stuff at the wide receiver position. I do think Anthony Ivey has a lot of makings here to get really fast. You know, like the way that he plays, the way that he moves. Uh, and another comparison to Dotson from, from my standpoint is, you know, he's got a very mature approach to play the game already where there's not a lot of wasted motion seems to grasp and understand the fact that when you're trying to get open, when you're trying to run a precise route, uh, you're trying to identify where the coverage is and what they're trying to do to you and what levers the cornerback has on you, all that stuff. Um, he, he doesn't have any wasted motion. Every single thing that you do counts. Every fake, every um, step that you take, uh, it counts. The way that you get in and out of your break, the way that your body is um, there. You know, I think he, he seems to understand all that stuff about playing the wide receiver position. And not that this stuff wasn't always important in football, but I think the it ebbs and flows how pro organizations and college teams uh, evaluate these guys. And to me, more and more, that ability to understand the position and get open and run really good routes and, and not waste any motion and, and have that kind of quiet speed that John Dotson has, that's become a more premium tool now, certainly than it was a decade ago. You know, there's not a prerequisite really anymore about how big you have to be. And John Dotson will be a really interesting case going to the next level. Um, it's it's really how you play the position that matters and uh, being able to run routes. You know, I think everybody understands that defenders can't do the same things to you that they used to be able to do. They can't put their hands on you. They can't touch you more than five yards down the field. A guy like Anthony Ivey is, is exactly the type of wide receiver who can capitalize on that. Get yourself open, catch the ball. That's what I want to see, Dusty. Bingo. And, you know, on your notes, it's interesting. You put an ETA on these guys. Your ETA on Anthony Ivey? I say 2023. You know, I, I I don't think there's going to be much of a need to press him into duty. But if if I if the Jahan Dotson plan is anything remotely, if that, if that applies to Anthony Ivey in any way, he's probably going to make a pretty early impression on the coaching staff. That's just my feeling on, on how year one's going to go. Um, he's arriving at a point where Penn State doesn't need to force anything with him. Uh, but I think it's going to be hard to keep him off the field next year. And, and that's not to say that he's going to be uh, the wide receiver one or the wide receiver two. Uh, I just think he's going to be part of the rotation next year. Anthony, if you're listening to the show, no pressure on you, but Dustin has declared you the next Jahan Dotson, okay? So no, no pressure, young man. Speaking of over, <laughs> overlooked wide receivers, uh, 
next up is Tyler Johnson, uh, six foot one seventy five. He's a three star receiver out of Virginia. Dustin, I just feel like he's another guy that gets overlooked. And just to tell you how it is, he's our last offensive player that we're reviewing, right? We did it too. But there could be a player here. You see the makings here. And I think, you know, similar story to Anthony Ivey, where I think Anthony Ivey has a higher ceiling. I think he's more athletic. I think he's a little faster. I mean, I think all these different points across the board, um, he's a little bit better. Uh, But Tyler Johnson has been extremely productive. Um, He, you know, six foot 175. He's going to probably have a little bit of work to do when it comes to getting a little bit bigger. I think a little bit faster. Um, I don't know if I look into the future and see a star type player, but I look out there and I kind of see a guy who can be a wide receiver three someday. Somebody who's going to maybe catch, you know, 25 or 30 balls for you over the course of a season. And I think if that's the way that things happen with, with Tyler Johnson, that's a pretty good get at the end of this class. Um, You know, I think, to me, what it looked like was that when the ball is in his hands, you can be targeted in the short game and make some things happen after that. The run after catch looks like it's a strength to me, and that is something that the Penn State staff will try to use him for. And there's a nice little role out there for him. And sometimes, you know, like with recruiting, you 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 tend to, you know, I'm guilty of this too, you tend to look at 1 through 25 in a class and try to figure out if they can be a star or not. I don't think anybody's really looking at Tyler Johnson, including the Penn State staff, and saying, okay, this is a future first-round NFL draft pick, but not every player that you recruit has to be in that category. I think they look at Tyler Johnson as a really solid guy who can be a really nice depth piece for them, might not be have might not have the tools to be a star someday down the road, but seems to have a lot of the a lot of the um, factors and abilities that he can make a contribution over multiple seasons. And wasn't he the guy um one of those that Penn State didn't get him an offer until they saw him in camp. They see him in camp and said, okay, we're offering this guy. I love hearing those stories because it makes me feel like he's there playing. Not They're not watching tape. They're watching the kid himself, and that's what convinces them to offer him a scholarship. I think seeing him go through um, drills and seeing him go through clinics and camps with their own eyes, it's clearly the, the number one thing in the minds of Penn State coaches. And their evaluations, if they haven't seen a player in person, they have a hard time pulling the trigger on on offering him. And you've had a bunch of stories. like Keaton Ellis was a good story like this, too, where he didn't have any attention at all coming out of State College High, but he was really impressive. Um, not even so much you know, necessarily the drills and stuff, but he, he uh, did physical testing really, really well. And I think that's what happened with Tyler Johnson, too, is that they were – pleasantly surprised by what he did with the physical testing stuff. So, and if that's the case, I mean, he's probably got more ceiling than his recruiting rating really lets on. And as you said, though, he may not be ready day one and it's tough as a freshman and not every freshman's going to step right on the field and star. It might be a couple of years. And at six foot one seventy five, that's a body that may need to fill out first, right? 
I, I do think they're going to need to work on him from a size standpoint. I think they would love to see him at, at 190-ish um, after year one. And I do think, you know, when it comes to foot speed and things like that, he's just going to have to work a little bit more than, than some of these physical freaks that they bring in uh, from time to time. But, um, you know, you, you, you look at different types of players that Penn State has recruited. Let's look at, like, Cam Sullivan-Brown coming out. Nobody really expected Cam Sullivan-Brown to be a star. He went on a little bit of a journey. Uh, I feel like Tyler Johnson is a little bit better version of Cam Sullivan-Brown this time around. So I like his chances of, of grabbing a more important role a little earlier in his career. I just do think that he's going to have to spend at least one year and maybe be buried on the depth chart for year two. I think his ETA would be 2024, maybe when things clear up a little bit. And um, But I think where he can refine those physical tools and and really make a run at a, at a significant role. But you look at the the... the Number of young players, freshman, redshirt, freshman, sophomore types, there's a lot of them on Penn State's depth chart. He seems like a guy who's going to have to sit back and wait for some of that clutter in front of him to, to clear out before he's able to um, really grab a role. And I hope that he, as a player, he gives it that time. It seems like, again, with the transfer portal so available to people, if it doesn't happen year one or year two even, they're off somewhere else because they didn't get the chance um, with their original team. Hopefully more players will realize it may just take a couple more years for them to reach that point. All right, Dustin, that's it for quarter number two. Stick around quarter number three. We're going to start looking at some players on the other side of the ball. Stay tuned. This is Jim from Keystone Sports. You know, a lot has changed about State College, but one thing that hasn't is W.C. Clark's Coffee Roasters on Calder Way. 30 different varieties of specialty coffee beans sourced from over 25 countries and roasted with love each morning in Happy Valley for over 45 years. We'll ship our fresh roasted coffee from our doorstep to yours. That's right. You can now order online at statecollegecoffee.com. So go to statecollegecoffee.com and use discount code KSN at checkout. 